Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. I want to thank all of our listeners from all over the world. Please do subscribe and share if you're not already. All right, let's get into it. It is Friday. Happy Friday. Uh, and Happy Frizzy Friday. Happy, Happy Frizzy Haired Friday to is, everybody. Is, is that what it is by you? No, no. I just, uh, I just imagine somewhere, somewhere, somebody's having a, a, uh, you know, some morning hair drama. Somewhere <laughs> over the rainbow, someone's morning sucks, and that's fine. That's uh, why there's a rainbow. We're gonna spread those positive vibes. That's <laughs> so welcome, right. Uh, to, to the weekly review with uh, and another thing and Big Bear Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, on this show, we talk about the week, and we review the things that are going on throughout the week, and we also try and end off on a positive note and have a nice positive Friday to kick off your weekend, right? And this time, we're kicking off the 4th of July weekend, which is something that I kind of wanted yeah. to talk to you about a little bit and another thing. Um, yeah. So twice now, Dave, twice, mm-hmm. I have realized that the um 4th of July is coming up and we like shared that with somebody you know what i mean like just when they say have a good day i you know i usually like if it's close to the weekend i'll up it a little bit i'm just like oh yeah you too have a have a great weekend but if it's close to a holiday typically you share you know like a holiday greeting just like uh have a fantastic fourth you know what i mean well, people love alliteration, but uh, twice now I've said, you know, have a happy fourth or a fantastic fourth or whatever. And not only has it felt wrong for me to say it, but it was almost kind of like received interestingly, like wrong, almost like people aren't happy about the 4th of July. That, like they, they, they no longer accept that as America, which is interesting. Mm. I just want to share that. What are your thoughts? Well, I, uh, you know, it is kind of the uh, America holiday, isn't it? Um, you know, it is. Hot, dog, yes. hot dogs, apple pie, Chevy, and uh, and a drone bombing coming near you, um, right? So Jesus Christ, you always go there. And I love it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it, it it it's it's based on this myth of American exceptionalism. The, the American dream, right? Which the American dream, um, what was that? That brilliant comic. Um, he used to say the only reason you people that believe the American dream are still asleep. Um, so there's that, you know. They're still dreaming, yeah. Right, but. Yeah, um, they're still dreaming, that's crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to celebrate family, to barbecue. Those are wonderful things. But what are we celebrating really? Because we're really kind of celebrating the American military machine, right? I mean, yes, you are. I mean, so what are we celebrating, right? We're celebrating July 4th, uh, 1776 Independence Day, which is like when we decided that we were no longer going to be ruled by. England and their king, 
uh, that we were tired of the taxation without representation, that we were tired of being bullied around, and we wanted to be our own kid, goddammit, Dad. So let me move out of the house. That's right. That's right. So we moved into the basement. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So we moved into mom's basement. We got our own place. We moved right? into mom's basement. We got our own place. Yeah, it's so much better now. <laughs> it's so much better now. <laughs> oh, you know, man, that's funny. It does kind of seem like the Queen uh, of England no, still kind of controls us a little. It's interesting. Oh, that that's interesting. Sure. I haven't experienced that. But I haven't experienced that um, that sentiment that you're referring to, but I can understand maybe where it's coming from you know me too honestly i can really um just with 2020 and everything like the past presidency and everything that's been going on and like the open dialogue like i we're i get it we're kind of hurting as a country right now so why would we want to celebrate the fourth of july right if we no longer believe in those same values because all of those values that we have are being kind of ripped open and exposed for not actually being that way. So true. So, so true, man. Total glitch. (laughs) A little bit. It's a little glitchy. Uh, So, I mean, I just, I found that as an, I found that as an interesting, like, start to the show, just because it's, it's something that I'm experiencing in my life where it's just like, oh, you don't really think about it. You're just like, oh, happy 4th of July. And then, just the way that it's received made me think about it and be like, oh, wow, yeah, it's kind of, um, like, I don't think this 4th of July is gonna is the same anymore. You so know, I, I haven't I even mean, thought about actually, it until you mentioned it, but I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. 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 We yeah. have to re-envision I mean, it, it, was you know? The same thing, it was the same thing as Juneteenth. I was, like, when that was made an official holiday, I was like, huh, maybe that should uh, replace the 4th of July. Ooh, there you go. Now you're speaking my language there, buddy. That no, is I'm fantastic. Maybe it should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what, yeah. what is the 4th of July? It's the Declaration of Independence. That's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating, like, the Declaration of Independence, which is an outdated document for this time. Mm-hmm. It just right. is an outdated and independent. document for and independence for most of us, right? Not but not all of us. Exactly. So, I mean, and Juneteenth being an official, like, made an official holiday, why not have it just replace the 4th of July? Like, if that's the time when we were, like, air quotes, right, officially everyone in this country was free. Air quotes. Big air quotes. Big air so, quotes. like, if that's made an... If, that, if that's made in a holiday, then, you know, yeah, like if that's when we all came together or let's redefine the 4th of July into something else that we actually understand, into something that we can recognize that that speaks to today. How do we do that? That that is a good question, my friend. Great question, but so, one that needs answering. I appreciate it. It's just something I'm, I'm pondering. You know? I'm pondering.
I'm gonna. No offense, but I'm gonna meet you real quick, and we're gonna listen to some of these messages. Let's go with Malcolm Kidd. I'm a limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, the nature boy. Who else was wooing back there? That was hilarious. Okay. He was on fire. Good morning. Yeah, how many cups of coffee have you had, sir? Right? Let me know. Two more than me, I think. But it's an independent thing. That was the whole... Pend means hang, people. Pend means hanging. Does it? Interesting. Well, if you're pending, then you're waiting. Right, so how does pend mean hanging? I'm hanging. I've never heard that one. I guess it, it kind of makes sense a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I forgot it was Friday. I've had such a rough week, and um, coming back from the East Coast was lovely, and everything went downhill from there. I'm out of the cold turkey stage of not taking a drug that I'm supposed to be taking. Um, Big Bear, I don't know. This might be too much information for a Friday show. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm out of that now. I got some sleep. There were other arrangements being made about rehabilitation and possibly moving out of the place that I'm living in and trying to take care of myself the best way I know how. I've been through hell the last couple of days, so I'll be fine. Happy Fourth of July weekend, guys. Well, hell yeah, you'll be fine, because that that is May, a longtime friend of the show, and uh, both Dave and I send you our, you know, well wishes, and we want you to feel better. I'm sorry that you've had a hell of a week. Hopefully, we can brighten your spirits a little bit today, because you're here, May. Happy Friday. Hey, hey, hey. That's right. Still kicking. Yeah, yeah, hang in there, you know. Sorry you've had such a rough week. It's brutal, but, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, I hope. I hope. Pen in there, right? Pen in there. That's right. Penned in there. We're all pending. Penned in there. Yeah, we're all pending. So if we're just going to stop celebrating the 4th of July, then, you know, we might as well tear down all the statues of all the leaders of the past and, you know, get rid of Mount Rushmore and just this. go and yes. rewrite all the history books and make everything uh, um, a, a better version and, and uh, more, you know, more happy and, and, and appropriate history. You know, why not just uh, nope. completely rewrite everything? You know, where do we stop? Well, Ian, that's I, a great... I love that, dude. I love, thank you for joining the conversation. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great point. It is a great because, point. Because you know what? You know what he's not addressing? We did rewrite the history books, and that's where those statues come from. That's where Mount Rushmore comes from, is the whitewashing, the white man rewriting the history, right? We put, <clears throat> we put the Mount Rushmore up on the Black Hills of North Dakota, a sative, sacred Native American site. So what did we yeah, do? Exactly. We, pissed, we pissed on it <laughs> and carved white men's faces into it. Oh yeah, dude. right. That's the yeah. biggest fuck you imaginable. 
So to think that that is some kind of iconic American heritage thing, no, that's what we're talking about. We've been brainwashed. It had sacred history, and we pissed on it. Um, you know, now, so in talk, I, talking I, about I, the statues, let me just address yeah. the statues real quick before I throw it back to um, you. No, no, that's most fine, of the, I don't want to touch on that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the statues that were erected that celebrate uh, the Confederacy were erected by what's called the Daughters of the Confederacy. This yeah. was a group of rich, elite, socialite women in the 20s and 30s. So a hundred years after that went around putting up these monuments and statues. So they are not time appropriate. They were put up as propaganda to perpetuate and maintain white supremacy. Okay. And you know what, Ian, just like, just like your opinion, we have opinions too. And like, we all just yep. need to recognize, and this is the mantra of the show. We all need to recognize that they are just that an opinion. And sometimes we need to agree to disagree, but I love that the whole point of this show is to bring up the conversation and start talking about these things. So thank yeah, you to have for joining dialogue. the conversation. To have some dialogue. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, and, and, and and I just want to throw in there, by talking smack about a holiday, you know, it, it doesn't mean that the people of the United States are bad people. It just no. means, like, the whole the whole thing about the flag. Why do we care so much about the flag as opposed to the Bill of Rights and the, um, you know, the... Um, Human rights. The, the Human you know, rights. the Bill of Rights and the, it's Bill of, yeah. the Document of Independence, whatever the hell that is. Those are the things we should worship, not a flag, right? The flag is just a piece of fabric that represents some stuff right so to me holidays are like the flag it's supposed to represent some stuff but is it representing it accurately you know okay now i i mean i know the history some of the history of the flag right so like the 13 stripes is the 13 colon original colonies the 50 mm -hmm. stars i mean that we've added stars uh right. but 50 stars are all of the states that are in union right remember mm -hmm. it's, it's supposed to be the union um, so I understand like paying homage and history to that, right? Like being, um, being respectful sure. of your inheritance, Absolutely. if you, if, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing that I do want to say about kind of backtracking to what Ian was saying, I'm not saying let's tear down statues. I'm not saying like, I do think that the history book should be rewritten for the actual tr truth. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I think with the statues, I think you just put up a plaque and you explain who the person really was. You know. <laughs> Hello. And no, I don't think that. I, I'm just saying. To, to did I get silenced? For a second. Yeah, you're back. Oh, I'm, am I catching up now? Okay. And I'm not saying just like let's get rid of Independence Day because it is still like a hallmark of, and staple of history. Sure. But what I'm mm -hmm. saying is that the celebration of it has changed. The tone of it has changed. That maybe we need to think about it and to struggle with this internally just a little bit and kind of figure out what it means to you these days and like figure out as a country. Um, if these are the same values that we represent, because I honestly feel that our values have changed um, over, you know, the last 200 years. I agree. Or maybe the interpretation of it 
it could, should change with it, right? So, so as opposed to waving a flag like "woohoo, look at us," you know, we're, we're strong, America, we got the strongest military, because that's kind of what it is now, right? Blue Angels, hot dogs, apple pie, barbecue, and the U.S. military, woohoo. Um, but what I, if yeah, we looked at it? What if we looked I, at it as every other country in the world has the right to what we did that day to determine their their future? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I mean, yes, but and that message gets lost. Mm-hmm. Is kind of that message. I want to piggyback that. Uh, yeah, the Fourth of July is kind of this mentality of the American dream, the apple pie, the we're just so. Uh, but I also think that America has tried to extend that to further by helping countries, in air quotes, helping countries uh, liberate themselves. Now, I think that they're setting an agenda. Yeah, that's a whole nother show there. <laughs> we'll go to a message real quick. I think Bear's got a airwave issue. He'll be back. Hey, what up, Big Bear? What's oh. up, another thing? I'm back. <clears throat> How is everybody today? I feel like I haven't seen you guys in literally forever. Hope you guys are having a really good day today. It's literally been a week, and I'm having a fantastic morning. How are you? Hey, right on. Hey, Frenchie. How's Frankie? Yeah, Yeah, how's Frankie? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Line number nine, you are live on the air. Well, I could say, and I'm making this as a joke, quite frankly, that they could put the faces of Big Bear and um, and another thing up there over the new Mount Rushmore <laughs> as the new heroes of the United States of America um, nation. Of course, I would do a lot more advertising be necessary reject. because nobody knows who you are except the people who listen to stereo. Uh, <laughs> I need to go get a cup of coffee after the guy that was just there before me. What the hell was he on? Jeez, you must have been in my head, Big Bear, because I was thinking the same thing. How much coffee was he drinking? Um, oh, yeah, I did a um, solo show yesterday. It was really interesting. I was on, like, for about an hour, I guess, and this wonderful poet by the name of Carlos had some inspiring lyrics, uh, uh, I guess, poetry. So, yeah, you got to check that shit out. But anyway, yeah, I need coffee. Coffee is good. Coffee is your friend. Speaking of coffee, let's take a little sip. Um, hey, again, I'm drinking. My, uh, my brother-in-law moved and was nice enough to give uh, my wife an espresso machine. And we have these little K-cups. They're not like the regular K-cups, but they're like little Starbucks cups. So I'm drinking that with like a caramel um, additive, like a caramel creamer. It's really good. Uh, caramel macchiato? Kind of. Yeah, I forget what it is. It's a delight thing. You know, I don't – me, I'm a simple man. I typically just like black coffee. But since this was super easy, I totally did that first. I totally like a, a double espresso with goat milk and nofo. And a little bit of cinnamon on the top. <laughs> All right, we have uh, Ian's retort real quick. Uh, again, Ian is responding to how we were talking about the dialogue of the 4th of July, I feel, has changed. Um, yeah. And he had retorted or brought up into conversation about tossing out holidays, tossing out 
Um, and of course, this was in sarcasm. Uh, tossing out holidays, tossing out statues, rewriting history books. Um, if we were going to toss out Fourth uh, of July or rewrite it in some way. And uh, we got to retort with our side, so let's hear what he has to continue. Absolutely. Actually, you know, I, I almost want to redact what I said because I, I didn't mean to make it into like a specific thing about statues. What I meant is, I mean, I get it. I understand the Confederate flag and Confederate leaders. They really, they have no place. Like, I, I, that's what I think, you know. I'm not saying we should celebrate that part of our history. But when it comes to Independence Day, that's something we all have together. You know, that's something we can all unite with you know what i mean that's uh it's like the ending of the civil war like it, we're coming together we should be happy about this like it's a good thing it's i mean okay yeah maybe one side okay some people are less happy i get it native americans they didn't have a great uh, 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 they didn't have a similar or they didn't have as they, they have a different perspective i understand but at the end of the day they are still also included in this country and we should recognize that and include everybody and and See it as all right. So, Ian, you said a lot there. I like, to unpack. I like the idea of inclusiveness. Yeah. Yes, perfect. I love the idea of inclusiveness. Yes, said a lot to unpack. First off, again, thanks for continuing. And I love this show. Sure. I love the fact yeah. that, like, we opened the dialogue. He had something to say. We retorted. He was able to, like, think about his answer and send a message back. And this is amazing. This is fantastic. That's exactly what I, I wanted it. out of this show. That's why we do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, uh, to yes, yes, and inclusiveness. Okay. So, Ian, the one question that I have for you is, did you at all watch uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Actually, and another thing, did you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier at all? No. Okay. If you have the opportunity... Pardon me. Oh, my breakfast is uh, <coughs> choking on my lungs. <laughs> anyway, um, if you have the opportunity to watch it, okay, it's not just about the action and the special effects, but the storyline to this show I'm about to just expose a little bit to. Okay, so spoilers going forward. Um, it opens up a dialogue as to how the black American feels as his place in America. It gives that voice through this show. Now, is that how every black American feels? Probably not. Of course not. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody feels the same. But it at least shows that they don't feel like this is their America. That they're just fitting inside of a white man's world. And I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm white. Okay. I'm just reiterating the message that I got out of this. But I mean, the, the resolution to that is fantastic in the show. Um, but I would definitely watch that. And that would be my argument towards your um, rebuttal here would just be mm -hmm. that, yes, even though you, that, the openness, the invitation of inclusiveness is there for Native Americans, is there for Chinese Americans, is there for Mexican Americans, is there for white Americans, is there for black Americans. 
even the invitation for inclusiveness is there. Is it really practiced and is it really felt would be my question. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a great question. Um, and with, with the inclusion needs to come a reckoning with the past as well. Right. Um, yeah. Speaking of inclusion, as you know, we need to reconcile, you know, there were 275, what was it, Native American children found in an unmarked grave at a, at a school. And, of, and that was just one school in Canada of many. And there right. were a bunch of them in America, too, where they were literally right. stealing children and murdering them. They were trying to find out what was the least amount of food that you could feed somebody and they could survive on. And not only that, but you were taken away from your family, put into a boarding school, had your hair cut because your hair was your your spirituality and your strength. So let's cut that off because we got to beat this. And they literally told them they put these kids up for adoption. You need to beat the savage out of this child. Like, are you kidding me? So these kids were were take ripped yeah. from their families like we're doing borders in cages now. Ripped from their families, indoctrinated, beaten, and programmed to be a good, you know, good American. So we have that to reconcile with. We have the internment of the Japanese Americans within two weeks. If you were a Japanese American after during World War II, you had two weeks to sell your home, sell your business, and show up and get in line for a concentration camp. We exactly we did the exact same thing that the Nazis did. We just did it nicer. Yeah, we gave them a two-week notice. Yeah, so and then you got well, of course. The, you know, the, I mean, this is the standard two-week notice. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But you got what you got to <laughs> give it work. That's probably where it started. Probably. <laughs> so well, and that leads us to our first story, Bear. This is a perfect segue. Now we now we're going to talk about well, how do African Americans feel about this holiday? And I agree. I wouldn't think that they'd be going woohoo. This is our day. Um, and that leads to this story by NPR. Democrats push to abolish amendment to fully erase slavery from the Constitution. Um, this is a mind blow. This is by um, Brackton Booker, December 3rd, 2020. And wow. OK, it's OK, hang on. I love this. I love this. It's an amazing tease. Let's get through yeah. these messages. We have five of them. So everyone listening, Let's do it. we're going to get through these five messages. Don't leave any more because the way that we usually like to do this show is we bring up a topic, we talk about it, and then we want you guys to give your thoughts. Okay? Yes. So we're going to address one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get through these messages so that we can do that in a timely fashion because we have an hour and a half of this show left. And let's I'm loving this show fantastically. What an amazing show. Let's go. Hey now. Oh, yeah. May. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, Independence Day is my cousin Scott's birthday. He's like probably in his mid 60s by now, but that is his birthday. So I guess it'll just be Scott Hartman's birthday from now on as a holiday. So, everybody, we are not celebrating Independence Day on uh, the 4th. We are celebrating Scott Hartman's 65th birthday, probably. Uh, that would be more accurate. Hartman. Yeah. Scott Hartman was born on July 4th. He's the only Jewish guy that I know that was born on a major holiday, and he is my cousin. So everybody, instead of worrying about July 4th and the statues and pending everything else, let's not piss on my cousin. 
who is a father and probably, <laughs> no, not yet. I don't think his kids got married yet. Um, who's a dad, has a beautiful daughter and a good son and a great wife. So let's just call it Happy Birthday, Scott Hartman Day. How's that sound? I'm not kidding about that. He was born on the 4th of July. There. I think I have a great idea. What yeah. about a merger? What if we called it Cartman Day? Cartman Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the place of the oh. day is the wonderful day for Cartman. <laughs> I want some hot dogs. I'm going home. Man, man, Nucky, that's my hot dog. Hey, what's good, Big Bear? How you doing, my boy? You know this El Dorado. And Big Hike and Swish. Hike, Robbie, sorry. This is Robbie Lopez. I just woke up. Oh, my God. His ass tweaking, but we just coming to show you some love, man. Show you, you some love. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Dual personality. for enjoying the show. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, uh, they have a show called Hike and Swish, but, um, they're they're that's a sports show on sportstownchicago.com and i have no idea what time you guys actually go uh maybe it's fridays let us know i think that they're probably together doing a show right now so yeah i think it's fridays um but guys if you want to leave a a little plug go ahead i can swish uh sportstownchicago.com you you fill in the blanks god absolutely plug it frankie died along with the old frenchie and the treehouse and everybody in it. Sorry. It's okay. I hear sounds you. Like a, sounds like a hell of a massacre or um, maybe a hell of a windstorm. I'm not sure which one we killed got everybody in the treehouse. Yeah, we got a hurricane. <laughs> was, I mean, people in the cave survived, but the cave has definitely changed. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And the treehouse, not so much. I huh? need some coffee, too. My brain is definitely not awake for this conversation, but I'm still going to listen to it. <laughs> Thanks, French. Always appreciate the support. We got two more. Hey, we got and we got five people in the house. Do me a favor, people. Clap it up. That triggers the algorithm to letting people know you're enjoying it. Then more people will come to the show. You can also hit that little arrow right there and share it to Instagram. Share it to any social media. Let's get as many people a part of this conversation as possible because we want that. Don't we want a good dialogue so that we can have these conversations? That's the whole point of the yeah. show. Let's widen our audience. Espresso. Oh, no, no, no. We don't need that here, senor. No, 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 no. That's too much coffee. That'll make Miss May, like, wound up for the weekend. She won't know until the holiday passed that she was up for the 72 hours. No espresso here. I'm not kidding about that. I drink espresso, and I'm screwed. It's like I go three, four days, and then I'm three, four days ahead. When I finally realize when I crash what day it is, if it's July 2nd today, I won't drop down or go off of espresso until about July 5th. And then it'll be like three days later, like the 8th, before I realize that the holiday passed, and I'm like a week on time? Oh, no, no espresso here. No, senor. I pass on the espresso. <laughs> Too much caffeine. No, no, no. <laughs> it's an That's espresso funny. machine, but it's real coffee. It's, it's an actual coffee. Like, it's not really espresso. Yeah. You know what I learned by a barista? Because I, I used to get a large coffee with two shots of espresso in it. And, mm. um, and then the barista told me that coffee is actually stronger than espresso. 
So it's a oh. myth. Espresso, espresso has the flavor, but see, so everything we you. know is a lie, guys. Put it in the yeah, history books. Yeah, this is for you, May. There's actually more coffee caffeine in a cup of light roast drip coffee than there is an espresso. Now, here's another misnomer um, that I had clarified by a barista. I always used to think that dark roast, French roast, dark roast is the stronger coffee. No, no, no. More flavor, less caffeine. The light roast is the strong stuff. Hmm. Interesting. The light yeah. roast is the strong stuff. Huh. Because I go, I go all in. I don't drink it for flavor. All right. Well, uh, we've got two more messages. One is going to be an advertisement from our sponsors today. The other one is going to be some asshole that uh, obviously came in here way too late and didn't listen to instructions. <laughs> we start at we start 12, at noon. 12, 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock every Friday right here on SportstownChicago.com. Take a look at us. We look forward to uh, talking about a lot of good sports today. So we look forward to hearing you guys tune in at noon today. Actually, you Sports can also Chicago. find and you can find SportstownChicago.com either on the internet or on the TuneIn app, if you have the TuneIn app. Uh, support my guys. And they're starting at noon, which is exactly when this show stops. So if you enjoy sports, you enjoy talking sports, you enjoy listening to sports, listen to El Dorado and uh, Bobby Lowe. And uh, my, those are my two guys. Those are two of my students. So I'm happy yeah. that they're supporting me, and I want to support them. Now for That's some it. asshole. Holy shit. <laughs> there he is. It's my boy and another thing. And of course, yeah. my brother from another mother, a bigger bear radio. I'm just sitting here chilling with my boy Hike and Swish, helping them out with a little pre-production on their show today. It is at noon Central Standard Time on SportstownChicago.com. These guys got a lot of knowledge about sports, so if you're into sports, Go check them out. They hype, they live, they bring the heat. Let them know what you think. Hit them up on social medias as well. Talk to you guys later. Peace Right on, Irish diggity. I think he's three cups in. I, I, yeah, I think, uh, I think Irish dad might have had a couple cups of coffee in him. Anyway, much love, Irish Sorry. dad. And, uh, and, um, the Switch Brothers. I forgot the first guy's name, but yeah, sports. <laughs> what is it? ChicagoSports.com? SportstownChicago.com. SportstownChicago.com. Check it out. Check it out. Check them out. They're a good show. There's also um, Irish is doing his show, which is uh, they do their show every Monday, I think, um, which is uh, Blow the Whistle. And you can also like follow them on Blow T Whistle, like on Instagram and shit like that. So he does his own sports thing. There, he's also calling uh, Chicago Dogs, which is a, a AAA ball team, but he's doing play-by-play and color commentary and like doing all the stuff for their broadcast. So like that's why him and I haven't done shit is because he has been so busy with that stuff um, that you know that we just don't have time. So. We're, let's knock out these two messages from Simon and Irish again, and then uh, we're getting into what again? Chicago Dogs. We'll get into yeah, no. the What's new the push article? to abolish the ab, the uh, 
slavery amendment from the 13th amendment okay yeah that's uh let's get into hey guys that. let's take a short time for a quick joke what does a houseware address <laughs> thanks for tuning in oh my god <laughs> i want that Just man kidding. at I, every I, show i'm still waiting for the joke. answer I'm still waiting for the answer. What does a house wear a dress? I don't know. I, I mean, there's like, there's a chair over there. And what is, what's it supposed to be addressing? Oh, oh wait, I got it. Wait, I yeah. got it. Yeah, you're wait, undressing no, I got it. All, all wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And another thing. That is, that is non-caffeinated energy right there. I am what? absolutely 100% decaffeinated. I don't drink coffee, sir. I am not three cups in anything. I, I'm just, I'm high on life, man. That's what it is. I'm high on life. Bear, really? You're gonna call me an asshole? Really? I love you, man. I love you. I know you do. I love you too. Where's the heat coming from, bro? Where's the heat? It came, it Have a great show, heart. guys. Love you both. It comes from my heart. You know, Ooh, uh, if you're if you're so gonna I, hate somebody, it's got to come from the heart. I'm kidding. Irish dad's just blowing 100 percent testosterone, no caffeine added. Yeah, well, you know when he flows, he's a he's a morning person, which uh, pisses me off sometimes. There are some days where I would like get to school and like be just we would get off of a show, which both of us were getting off at like 3 a.m., going to bed and having to be arrive at work at like 10 a.m. And he would be like, "Hey, bear, what's going?" I'd be like. Fuck you, go away. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey guys, time for another joke. Why was the duck arrested? He was smoking quack. <laughs> I'll give you a minute to stop laughing. Okay, thanks. Oh I'll be back with another joke in maybe a half an hour. I love this. I love this. Thank you so much for joining the show and uh, contributing. And follow Yay. that guy. Definitely. Simon. Follow yeah, Simon. We got, we got Simon with jokes from the wind tunnel. That's where the chocolate cupcakes came in, Bear. I'd always bring you a chocolate cupcake to make your heart happy. You know what I'm saying? You got to love them chocolate cupcakes. The hostess chocolate cupcakes. They're fantastic. You know, because chocolate gives you the... Um, what is it? The the the, the chemical feeling of love. Yeah, it's love drug, chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, exactly. so let's, let's get into our let's, first article. Let's here. dive into this because okay. So this what you're is... saying to me is that some they want to abolish or remove the amendment that would abolish slavery. Go. There is there was a a caveat put into the Thirteenth Amendment that allowed continued slavery for punishment. So here we got an article from Bracton Booker in NPR, Democrats push abolition amendment to fully erase slavery from U.S. Constitution. This is pretty intense. As the nation grapples with issues of racial injustice and social inequity, lawmakers on Capitol Hill are pushing to remove the so-called slavery loophole from the United States Constitution. With the adoption and ratification of the 13th Amendment 155 years ago, the practice of slavery formally ended in this country, but it did not strip away all aspects of involuntary servitude. 
a joint resolution dubbed the Abolition Amendment, introduced by Democrats in the House and Senate Wednesday, seeks to correct that. It would remove the punishment clause from um, the amendment, which effectively allows members of prison populations to be used as cheap and free labor. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, ex, um, except as a punishment as a, for crime. A chain gang? Wouldn't that be known as a chain gang? Well, that was that was one version of it. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. I'm just I'm catching up here. Except as a punishment of crime. So here's the here's the clause: neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for a crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Oregon Senator Jeff Markley, one of the Democrats leading the effort to amend the Constitution, put the change into context of the overall campaign for justice. As we take a long and difficult challenge, as we take on the long and difficult challenge of rooting out systemic racism in our nation, Ending the slavery loophole in the 13th Amendment is a critical step in that challenge. So um, slavery is our, original, is our nation's original sin, and this loophole has been exploited for far too long to criminalize black and brown Americans, he said. So not only is it the chain gang uh, there, but currently <clears throat> in California, wildfires are being fought by prisoners, and they're being paid $2 a day. Okay. Okay. Levi's are being made in prisons for profit. Nikes are being made in prisons for profit. Well, Countless at least they're not companies. being made by tiny children in Indonesia. Same thing. Same thing. I mean, really the same I don't thing. Know. I get. Yeah, you're right. Okay, continue the joke because this is a now, fucking joke, America. Yeah. Now check this out. <clears throat> here's here's the here's the the rub. Here's why it hasn't been eliminated. The minimum estimated annual value of incarcerated labor from U.S. prisons and jails is wait for it, two billion dollars a year, according to the nonprofit Prison Policy Initiative. And as NPR reported in July, companies like Walmart, AT and T. Whole Foods, hello, Whole Foods, and Victoria's Secret have used incarcerated populations for their operations. The Associated Press, which first reported the news of the congressional push to alter the 13th Amendment, notes that the reliance on prison labor is generally touted as a way to rehabilitate inmates and provide an environment for teaching them new skills. Then pay them. Give them 15 bucks an hour. Yeah, right. I mean, okay, here's the fucking point, guys. If you're doing the work, you should get paid for the work. Period. Like Period. your time, your energy put into that. Boom. Yep. You should get paid for that. Absolutely. You're so. exchanging your time, like, for their service. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. Employer, employee. You give them mm -hmm. your time. They give you their money. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, It should be a straight exchange. So, you know, and, and, and I just want to talk about, um, I won't say it mean, but I want to talk about 
Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris, when she was the DA of San Francisco, mm-hmm. was told by the state, by the Supreme Court of California, that she had to, that the prisons were overcrowded by 25%, right? She's told, you need to reduce your prison population to acceptable measures. She said her official response was, that's going to mess with our prison work program. Hmm. Hmm. I call her C-word Mala Harris. That's my term for her. Okay. I mean, that's that's some new things have come to light. I'm sorry that uh, I felt like she could be someone that, I mean, hopefully she does some good. Because it seems like she does good. I don't know. Still remaining to see one good thing she's done, but I am hopeful, so I'll keep my eyes and ears open. Yeah, exactly. And like this show, like we love receipts, right? Like, yeah. Please show us receipts on things. Uh, we've got yeah. a message here from Ian. When you say $2 billion, let's say that's every year, right? Well, if there's a million people in prisons and those, that's how many people they're using, that's only $2,000 per year per person. That's not that they're not, you know, actually running huge factories and and farmland and stuff with the prison populations. Okay, let's be honest here, and let's not let NPR blow this out of context. I have my own issues with NPR. Uh, I think they embrace the victim mentality across every issue, you know, race, gender, income, and you know, whatever economics issues. You know, that's my thing, but. You know, this is yet another story that they're doing, and I just don't get my news from them. I used to, but not anymore. Well, they stated they cited the person who did the study, right? So it's not uh, it's not as simple as an opinion. Um, you know, I'm sure you could yeah, get. I'm sure you could get. I'm sure you could get the number of prisoners nationwide. But the United States has more people in prison per capita than any other nation, right? We point the finger at China and Russia for their human rights abuses. We have more people in prison. Why do we have more people in prison? Because we can use them. So we have prisons that are for profit. So a private corporation can actually get paid just for having heads in beds. The Bush family used to be the, the largest owner of private prisons. Not sure if they still are. But um so there's that. You got a private corporation that wants their facility filled because they're getting paid by the government for each head in a bed. That's insane. Then you got the fact that those people are being forced or not forced. In the case of the California wildfires, they're not forced to go out and fight a wildfire at $2 a day. But riddle me this, Bear. If you were arrested for a nonviolent drug offense, thrown in jail, would you rather you know, sit in jail and get butt-raped by Bubba, or would you volunteer to risk your life and go out and fight a fire at $2 a day? Waiting for your answer. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd rather go fight a fire than get butt-raped. Uh, right? <laughs> but And get paid to do it, sure, if that's as best I'm going to do at that situation. And now here's the fucked-up rub. So... <clears throat> These, these these prisoners who are out there risking their life, they don't get put on a track to become a firefighter when they get out of jail. They don't get training that leads to a job. No, it's a dead end. Hey, thanks for your help. Oh, yeah. See, like, there's better ways of doing this. 
Like that's but let's, right. let's expose that. Yeah, sure. Hell it yeah. should be an apprenticeship. It should be an apprenticeship program, right? Where after X yeah. number of training, you pass these tests. Boom! Now you're a fireman. Yeah, I mean, okay, and then at that point, let's say at that point, then I think you can negotiate uh, a lower rate. I would I would say higher than two dollars an hour, but like you can negotiate a lower rate because then it is an internship where you're uh-huh. gaining an educational value that leads to a better life and right. you're making some money. So, I mean, yep. I think that I would negotiate too, but that's my opinion. What are I your agree. guys' opinions? Let us know. You know, 888-123-4567. Uh, I think I got that right. Uh, <laughs> is that the number, Dave? I forget. 867 yeah, eight six seven five three zero nine. I'm gonna try this. RK four twenty, you are live on the air. If you join, hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome to myself. Thank you. Okay. Uh, What's up, dude? On this topic. All right. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about the weekly review. Okay. Um, that's fine. Like, I'm going to move you to a listener because you obviously haven't been listening to the show. But thank you so much for joining. Nice plan, good thought, bad execution. Didn't work out so well. So, I got a main story for us today. Oh, let's jump into it. Drum roll, please. So, you know, celebration is in order. Donald Rumsfeld is dead. Ding dong, the witch is dead, or I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So is that appropriate? Not sure. Not sure Hang if everybody on. knows. Oh my god, look at this! Yeah, I love this. He's talking about Donald Rumsfeld. Oh my god, y'all suck so much ass. Right? Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're talking about him. Donald Rumsfeld was a professional ass sucker. Um, yeah. Hey, thanks for that witty and. Uh, thoughtful comment but yeah so i'm not sure if everybody knows the reality behind who donald rumsfeld was but i've got one two three four five articles to paint a picture uh, we don't have to read them all but they all come from a slightly different angle can paint i have a, a picture of who version? this guy was i never What's like that? reading all of that can i have the cliff notes version like make give me the head the highlights give me highlights exactly exactly yeah. so um, you know, first one is from uh, NPR, July 1st, 2021. Former Secretary Donald Rumsfeld was a chief architect of the conflict that became known as America's Forever War. After his death this week at the age 88, the conflict has now officially outlived him. NPR's Steve Inskep, Inskeep reports on a group of people still living with the consequences Thousands of Afghans who worked with the U.S. military over the past 20 years. So that's fascinating. Then we've got another angle. 9-11 facts. This one's from an interesting website. It is 9-11facts.dk. So I'm not sure if people remember this one. I didn't want to just go off memory. I wanted to pull up an article that cites it as well. The day before 9-11. 
Donald Rumsfeld came out and made a speech admitting that the Pentagon was missing, missing, 2.3 trillion dollars. Do you remember that, Bear? Um, I mean, I was a freshman, so it wasn't really something that I was paying attention to. Okay. <clears throat> so here, here is the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, admitted the day before the attack that the Pentagon was missing $2.3 trillion. Uh, wow. The claim is based on a quote from Donald Rumsfeld from September 10th, 2001. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. The claim supports the conspiracy theory that the terror attack against the Pentagon was supposedly a so-called false flag operation. Rumsfeld had knowledge that the terror attack would take place the next day, knowing that the news of the missing trillions would be buried in the massive media cover-up of the attack. The hijacked Flight 77 was intended to impact the Pentagon at the exact spot where the documents would reveal the fraud to be. The impact and the subsequent damage of the fires were then to destroy the evidence. Did you know that? The plane hit the exact place where the investigation into the missing money was happening. Huh. Funny. What? Yeah. Imagine that. Like, here's a, I mean, the here's chances. Another, what? It's a bullseye. crazy that that happened. A wow. bullseye within you a know, bullseye. No, no other God's part will. of the building was damaged. Must have been God's will. Must have been God's will. Now, here's another little caveat. <clears throat> this one, I'm just going off memory. But do you know it was housed in Building 7 of the World Trade Center complex? The investigation records for the Enron scandal. Guess what? Those disappeared with Building 7. Huh. Wow. I mean, just the correlations. Um, I mean, God must really not one of them, not wanted them to get caught. That's right. Here we got another one. This is from I'm ABC so happy News. That God wanted all these things to happen. Like, uh, oh, I know. God wanted all the, the lives and the terrible, you know, terribleness of trauma that people went through to, you know, to go, get through that. And, the, you know, not to mention the war that it got us into uh, oh, and all goodness. those lives right. that were lost. God, but, you know, God wanted those people not to get caught. So, yeah. That's why it happened. Now, now, here's a, here's a deep one. This is from ABC News, January 6th, 2006. Um, so, years before George W. Bush entered the White House and years before the September 11th attacks set the direction of his presidency, a group of influential neoconservatives hatched a plan to get Saddam Hussein out of power. The group, the Project for the New American Century, or PNAC, P-N-A-C, was founded in 1977. Among its supporters were three Republican former officials who were sitting out the Democratic presidency of Bill Clinton, Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, and Paul Wolfowitz. In, uh, in open letters to Clinton and GOP congressional leaders the next year, the group called for, quote-unquote, the removal of Saddam Hussein's regime from power and a shift toward a more assertive U.S. policy in the Middle East, including the use of force, if necessary, to unseat Saddam. And in a report just before the 2000 election, 
that would bring Bush to power, the group predicted that the shift would come about slowly unless there were, quote unquote, listen to this carefully, some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. These people put out this memo in the year 2000. On the cover of this memo was a picture of the World Trade Center towers, and one of them was in crosshairs. Let me read this again to you. The, I mean, please, the shift, go ahead. The shift will come about slowly unless there were some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. That event came on September 11th. By that time, Cheney was vice president, Rumfeld was secretary of defense, and Wolfowitz his deputy at the Pentagon. The next morning, before it was even clear who was behind the attacks, Rumfeld insisted at a cabinet meeting that Saddam Hussein should be a principal target of the first round of terrorism, according to Bob Woodward's book, Bush at War. What started as a theory in 1997 was now on its way to becoming official U.S. foreign policy. Look, and now, then you got, I know it looks bad for Wolfie, okay, my pal, but I'm telling you, he's <laughs> just a sheep in wolves' clothing. That's, That's he's right. such a lamb. I'm telling you, like, look, all those Wolfie. dots seem to be connecting, and you may think that there may be a conspiracy here, but I'm telling you what. These are all real articles. We, you know, we're bringing up like, uh, it, it's it's nothing. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Nobody wants exactly. It. Right. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Right. Um. Well, no. You know, it's fascinating too. Rick and Morty. It, I mean, it, it's way better. Like, have you seen Pickle Rick? Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> um. What that last Rumsfeld or the, the PNAC quote reminds me of is George Bush. Do you remember George Bush, his quote? You can see it on YouTube, talking about the new world order. We will be successful when we are successful, and we will be, there will be a new world order. So these are the people we're dealing with, right? Paul Wolfowitz, Bush, Bush Jr., these, yeah. So it's fascinating. Huh. You know, right? it sounds a little similar to Donald Trump, but I'm just... just like, yep. Similar to Biden, similar to Trump, similar to Clinton, <laughs> right? Fascinating, right? What do you think? What do you think, Bear? So I've got another article about old Rummy here. Um, and this one... Oh, my God. This, one, this one's fascinating. Back. Did you, did you know about aspartame? I got to... I saw the sun. You saw like the sun? Aspartame? Isn't that... Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got too close to the sun. Icarus. You know, I burned up. I burned up. Anyway. Flew too high and burned your wings, huh? Yeah, yeah. But like, it, but like Icarus, you're back. Um, sure. So, so this one's interesting. Aspartame is basically a fake sugar, right? Um, 
Yeah, isn't yeah, exactly. Isn't that what they had in like Diet Coke or Diet Pepper? And and sugar-free gums, all kinds of food products, right? Did you know that aspartame causes cancer and brain lesions? Um, yes, that's why I don't drink Diet Pepsi or Diet Coke. Did, did you know it was illegal <laughs> until until like Donald Rumsfeld thing. made it legal? Okay. Did you know that? Sure. Scum of the earth. Got it. So Scum of the earth. No, was, no, that's all you had to he, say. Scum of the earth. Donald, Donald Rumsfeld that was, was the head of the Cyril Corporation, F-E-A-R-L. Cyril is a subsidiary of Monsanto. So basically Rumsfeld was sure. working as a CEO for a subsidiary of Monsanto. He pushed long and hard to get this poison legally put in food. So this article was from Huffington Post, Robbie Gennett. Um, Donald Rumsfeld and the Strange History of Aspartame. Yes, that Donald Rumsfeld, the knowns and unknowns guy who remarkably executed some of the worst decisions in American foreign policy and got a medal for it. I have been reading up on some on a strange chapter in the history of Donald Rumsfeld and have learned two things. One, the chemical additive aspartame is a very potentially is very potentially a cancer and brain tumor causing substance that has no place in our food. And two, the reasons and means by which Donald Rumsfeld helped it get approved are nefarious at best, criminal at worst. And by the way, the medal that Donald Rumsfeld got back in 2004 was the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Are you kidding me? Also awarded to Tommy Franks, George Tenet, the charming warrior L. Paul Bremer. Evidently, freedom means the right to use your powerful friends in Washington to approve your company's dangerous substances for human consumption and make a fat bonus on your way out. So, how did aspartame become legal? And more importantly, if it had been rejected multiple times over fears of brain tumors and cancer, why? Dr. John Onley, who founded the field of neuroscience called Exit. Exitotoxic, blah, 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 blah. Exitotoxicity attempted to stop the approval of aspartame with attorney James Turner back in 1996. The FDA's own toxicologist, Dr. Adrian Gross, told Congress that without a shadow of a doubt, aspartame can cause brain tumors and brain cancer, and that it violated the Delaney Amendment, which forbids putting anything in food that is known to cause cancer. According to, to the top doctors and researchers on this issue, aspartame causes headache. Uh, bear with me one second. Causes headache, memory loss, which is seizure. interesting because the reason, like people think, oh, I get, I, I mean, like, oh, I have a headache because I'm, I don't have um, caffeine, right? Like you get headaches if you're, you're struggling for caffeine. Maybe, so people, or you might be like, getting it. Some, no, some people I know would do that, and then they go, oh, I'll just drink a Diet Coke. That'll give me the illusion, right? Like, I'll take a Tylenol with a Diet Coke or something like that. That way I don't have the caffeine, and I get the... But you're literally giving yourself the caffeine with the Tylenol. Like, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and the, and the headache is not the, 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 the absence of caffeine. It's possibly the onset of a brain tumor. 
So from, or, from the aspartame that you're right. drinking in the so, Diet Coke. So, right. So uh, here's a here's a list of yeah. the shit. So aspartame causes headache, memory loss, seizure, vision loss, coma, and cancer. It I worsens think, or the, mimics the, the symptoms. Thing is drink water, kids. Just drink yeah. water. You know what? Let's have a water time. We used to have a water break all the time. Let's have a hydration just, time right now. I just first. took a sip. Everybody take a Did sip you? of water. Take a deep breath. Take Do a little stretch. So yeah, it worsens exactly. or mimics the symptoms of such diseases and conditions as fibromyalgia. So people that think they have fibromyalgia, it might have just been aspartame. MS, lupus, ADD, diabetes, Alzheimer's, chronic fatigue, and depression. All things that are in epidemic proportions in our society right now, right? Further dangers highlighted <clears throat> in that aspartame liberates free methyl alcohol. The resulting chronic methanol poisoning affects the dopamine system of the brain causing addiction. Methanol or wood alcohol constitutes one-third of the aspartame molecule and is classified as a severe metabolic poison and narcotic. How that diet? How's that diet coke treating you now? Boom. So for all you diet soda drinkers, think twice. Think twice. Just, water, Just go for the sugar. Just, drink water Just go and get the sugar. Have a B12 vitamin. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's literally energy. Yep. It's have literally a B12 energy. Vitamin and drink water. And if you're going to have a soda, have a real one, but try to quit, you know, try to quit. Do not do diet soda. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, the, that's my problem you know, right now is like, I'm, I'm trying to drink more water, um, mm -hmm. but like, I love Coke and not the sniffing kind, the drinking. <laughs> I love Coke. <laughs> I love Coca-Cola. I love the whole brand. I I'm in love with Coca-Cola. I love the drink. Really? I love like how it tastes. Oh, yeah. I love Coca-Cola. I love the Santa Claus. I love the polar bears. Like, that, like, oh, it just, it, it's home and it's love to me. I'm sure they're a terrible company, but <laughs> well, that, but I love Coca-Cola. <laughs> I would ask you to do me one favor. Sure. To just think of the image of Coca-Cola. And interweave that with what we talked about of Fourth of July. Yeah, it's true. It is. It's the apple. It's the uh, Americana. You're mm -hmm. right. It's the Americana. But that's the Americana that I love. I mean, of what aren't we all in love with the Americana? Isn't what about Craig what, what the American dream is? <laughs> You don't like Kragmont Cola? You know? Kragma <laughs> Cola? I mean, I like any cola, I guess. Like, I, any kind of cola, yeah. Just, Pepsi's just, eh. I mean, if I had to choose between the two, one, I would definitely fucking know the difference. And two, I would definitely choose Coke. Uh, yep. I've done the test. I've done the test between Diet Coke and regular Coke many times where my friends and family have said, really? Are you sure? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I, just by the smell, I know that that's Diet Coke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the smell of aspartame. Smell a right. Yeah, it's the smell of it. I could, I could tell. I could tell. Uh, smells like yeah, a brain that's hemorrhage. One thing that I'm, I'm trying to do personally, like I'm. That's one thing I'm trying to cut down on. You know, and I, I switched over to um, soda water. I, I really made myself like soda water, and the way awesome. that I did that 
personally is I found the um uh, uh what is it? God damn it! It's a breakfast fruit grapefruit. Grapefruit. Um, the grapefruit flavor to me tastes really similar to um, squirt, with just kind of without the sugar, you know. So that that allowed me to really kind of um, adapt to the cold bubbliness that's just water, but with some flavor in it. And yeah. then now, now I'm kind of just at just I can just have some cold bubbly water because we got the soda stream, the soda fountain stream thing. Um, which I think is going to be good in the long run. We use, we would buy so many cans of soda water, you know, and, and now we're buying just like the little flavor things and we're buying the C- CO2 cartridges and we're, right. we're reusing the plastic bottles every day. So right. it's really, it really is kind of more green of us which is great and it's allowing us to create our own flavors you know it's just like oh well let's try like a lemon peach this time even though that sounds fucking terrible like why not i have the ability (laughs) to don't judge me (laughs) don't judge you know don't judge me but and and we're also buying like the syrup for like ginger ale and cola instead of buying a bunch of plastic bottles that we have to recycle um Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's really good for us in the long run, uh, and it kind of is a cool family thing. It's just like you know now, my son he'll he'll he like talks about the process of creating the perfect ginger ale. <laughs> it's it's you know it kind of helps us bring come together, and it's a little scientific because it's cool to see the CO two get pumped in there, and it's really funny that it's a little full circle that my dad Pa Rocky on here. Um, when he, his first job or one of his first jobs was working at a soda fountain at where he would make soda for people. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. So here's a little, here's a little statistic. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, try and drink some more water. And if you... Maybe that might be a route to go. And if you like, and if you're thinking about it, maybe that's a confirmation for you. You know, I think we go through about a, a, for a family of four, we go through about a CO2 cartridge, uh, one a month, you know, and I think they're like 30 bucks. So at that point, you're just kind of investing $30 a month for uh, soda. And I would weigh that against your, your grocery bill. Sure. And then I would also just like to bring up the health of it right um so not only that you know sugar is maybe the light leading cause of diabetes in the nation but in my county sonoma county they've started a public health um campaign as a matter of fact san francisco went so far as to levy a tax on soda so now you have to pay a fat tax on soda so that you actually pay for your own diabetes treatment and society doesn't have to pay for your cigarette and um soda addiction, not yours, but just people in general. But um, it's fascinating. So not only the health repercussions, you know, the, the increasing the sales of hover rounds, dialysis clinics and all that, right? But you've also got the, we're in a worldwide drought. I've read 1200 year worldwide drought, right? So I'm looking right here on wallstreetjournal.com, takes 130 
32 gallons of water to make a two liter bottle of soda. So yeah, no, it doesn't. Make... <laughs> no, it doesn't. I can tell you right now. I mean, not like for me, like if you know personally. Well, I no, mean, you but you have this con- you have you have this concentrated product, right? So you're yeah. cutting out part of the process, or you're not including part of the process in what you're seeing. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, exactly. I don't have all those red dye, yellow four thingies. Right. Um, but fascinating, right? So it takes 20 gallons of water to make a pint of beer and as many as 132 gallons to make a two liter bottle of soda. So 132 gallons to make a two liter bottle of something that dehydrates you. (laughs) Right. Yep. And we wonder where our water's going. Yeah. Mind blow, right? We wonder why California is burning. Why right. it's turning literally turning into a desert. Yeah. Fascinating. So I got one more article about uh, Donnie Rumsfeld. Should we check? A, I've got a message here. Should we play that real quick? We yeah, let's play the Daddy. message. Guys, um, we love to hear ourselves talk, but it's not about us. It's about everybody. So please, if you have something to say, you want to join into the conversation, this is your time. Uh, what do you like from the stuff that we've been talking about, the articles that we've been bringing up, uh, or just something you want to bring up for the week? Let us know. Right. 888-555-1234 or 8675309. Whatever phone number you want to call, that's our number. Hey, hey now. We got Fat Daddy in the house. I absolutely hate Coca Cola's disgusting. I didn't catch that. I absolutely hate Coca-Cola's disgusting. Hate what? Something colors. I don't All I heard was disgusting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I like the accent. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like the, you know, the, the mom that comes in, like the, the girls, they're like doing this little, there's a, it's a video. It's hilarious. It's these two little girls. They're like doing something on a webcam, like trying to do their own show. And then their mom just comes roaring in, like, how many times do I have to tell you to flush after you take a shit? And then she just goes, oh my God. disgusting, and walks out. And the girls are just <laughs> fucking mortified. It's amazing. <laughs> that's, oh, that's hilarious. So that's all I heard of that message. I'm sorry, man. All I, I heard something color. <laughs> right. Okay, so I got one more article on, on Rumsfeld here, just a short one. And then let's, uh, then, then let's sure. just open it up to dialogue. But this one yeah. is, who is this by? This is the ABC News, um, and this is from uh, 9th of August, 2003. Rumsfeld confirms Iran-Contra link. link. So for those that aren't aware, you might want to Google the Iran-Contra or look it up on YouTube because it goes pretty deep. But in a nutshell, what happened is the CIA and George Bush Sr. were found guilty, convicted of smuggling cocaine into the United States, selling it to United States citizens, you know, making a freeway Ricky Ross famous for creating, quote unquote, crack cocaine because he had a CIA connection for tons of it. So he was basically getting free cocaine. The CIA then took that money. 
They bought weapons directly against Congress's orders, and then they sent those weapons to Iran. So Congress was giving Iraq weapons. The CIA wanted to give Iran weapons because, hey, you know, what better way to defeat your enemy than to have them fight with another enemy? So we, we gave both sides of that war weapons. But the Iran part, directly against Congress's wishes. And how did yeah. we pay for it? Smuggling plane loads of cocaine into the U.S. as Ronald Reagan is oh, saying, yeah. just say no. So oh, yeah. Ronald Reagan and George Bush are the biggest drug smugglers in U.S. history. Oliver North was the fall guy for it. He it, never went to jail. He ended up writing a book about it. Since the first episode. <laughs> seeing it since yep. the first episode. Dave. Yep. America is the original gangster. OG, baby. Yep. Oh, uh, you want to talk about OG? Are you fucking kidding me? They are the drug dealer. They are yeah. the uh, arms dealer. They are everything. Yep. Yeah, like just, they're the original gangster. Guys, we literally like made all of our money off of like war profiteering. Yeah. All the time. Ever all like it just OG. Oh, you freaking kidding me? It's crazy. That's crazy. Yep. And, and I I, hear... you know, I I I watched um what was that? Uh Cheney, right? Chaney, I, yeah. the movie with uh Chris Christian Bale. Was that called Cheney? Mm-hmm. Or Dick? I think so, something yeah. like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I watched that, and I know like they 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 base a lot a lot of it off of fact, um, but it's not all truth because they couldn't like get a private audience with him. He wouldn't confirm or deny things. So there are there are a lot of what they say is speculation, but it's based on fact. Um, and I watched that dude's life, and it's just like fuck. That guy is. He fucked the whole country right. <laughs> he just, yep. he just, yeah, he knew exactly how to do it. Um, and here's he really a quote. Was penguin. He really here's a was quote. penguin. <laughs> here's a quote that kind of backs up what you were saying. So the, yeah. this guy, General Smedley Butler, he was, at his time, he was the most decorated Marine of in history, right? He He retired. Mm-hmm. You know, medals up the yin-yang. And um, he wrote a book called War is a Racket. And here's a bunch of quotes from him. And they're harrowing. They're harrowing. So, uh, I served in an all-commission ranks. Wait, I'm sorry, let me find one here. Um, I helped purify Nicaragua for the International Banking House of Brown Brothers in 1909 through 1912. For a great many years as a soldier, I had suspicion that war is a racket. Not until I retired to civil life did I fully realize it. Um, as a matter of fact, during, um, who was our president that did the uh, the New Deal? Who was that guy? Can't remember the name, top of my head, but anyway. During his administration, during his a administration, uh oh, I'm bot. echoing now. Echoing now. That's weird. Is that, is that who you're going to a message? 
The New Deal? The Art of the New Deal or something like that? The president who wrote the New Deal? Who was that? Yeah, wasn't that uh, the Honorable Donald, Donald J. Trump? The Art of the Deal? Wasn't that him? Something like that? Wasn't that Joe Wilson or something? Uh, Look it up, so I forget. Yeah, I forget. Look it up so I don't speak yeah, ignorantly. Well, I could respond to, like, where are all the water for the California fires is going to, because I'm drinking a lot of cases of water these days. I'm so sorry, Dave. <laughs> uh, Big Bear, I sent you something to your IG account that you're just going to love Coca-Cola even more when you watch it. And Denise and I are leaving my house right now to go get coffee. God knows we need it, and then, guess what? Listen. Sure. No dead cow sounds. Okay, anyway, so yeah, where all the water's going, I'm drinking it. Sorry. I'll just give up water now, except for taking showers. Is that okay? <laughs> anyway, we're on our way out the door for a minute or two. We're going to go take a walk. Um, dum And I shall be back. But yeah, I am listening to the rest of the show through my earbuds as we're walking. So is she for that matter. So, yep. How's it going, Denise? As well. With my May? My, I have I a personal... Yeah. I have a personal challenge for May. So, okay. instead of instead of buying cases of water, why not buy a stainless steel refillable water bottle, right? Because, you yeah. know, Las Vegas has amazing water that comes from the Grand Canyon. Um, yeah. So why would you be drinking water that's probably of lesser quality put in a toxic plastic bottle that is then becoming one of our largest environmental problems known on Earth? But there's, I, 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 there's a study that was done. Bottled water is no better than tap water. You could start your own bottled water company tomorrow by bottling tap water. There is no government agency that looks over the quality of tap water. Crystal Geyser was found to have the most solid particles. That means shit in their water. So Crystal Geyser is shit water, literally. Why would you buy literally. a bunch of little thick bottles? Wow. Wow. You're literally drinking shit water. Yeah. Like, when you can get water right out of I'm your fuck, when you can get water right out of your tap and you pay for it every month, why go pay? Now, yeah. now here's another one to help people. Do the math. Break down the price per bottle, and you're paying more than you are for gas for water. Why? Why do that? It comes out of the tap. We live in an amazing country where we can drink water that comes out of a pipe. Mm-hmm. We do, and um, like. Again, me personally, like my family, we've got a Brita, not just filter, but we have like a Brita filter. Um, it's like a gallon container. So, you know, it, and it has like a nozzle. So you can just literally pour it into like a cup or bottle or uh, I mean, like, you know, you, you squeeze it. Anyway, it's like a tap. OK. Um, yeah, totally. I've got Brita on tap, baby. It, which is not, it's a pain in the ass to have to refill every time, but you know what? So is driving to the store. <laughs> That's a pain in the ass, and it costs me way more money. Yeah, carrying a case of water out to your car—that's a pain in the butt. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's exercise for me. Like that's how I think of that. 
just like, all right, getting my uh, getting my arms in today. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Like, so I think what we're saying is, drink water. Uh, maybe get a Brita filter because, like, drink it out of the tap. And if you think that it's got some chemicals and stuff in there, definitely get a Brita filter because you're definitely like that's so crazy to me that like a bottled company, it's not reg like water is not regulated at all. Like a bottled water zero zero. I remember, I remember the first time uh, that Nestle announced that they were going to like release water and everything. People were joking, "Oh, what is the water going to taste like? Chocolate?" <laughs> A little bit. What are you drinking? A little bit. <laughs> Tastes a little fudgy, doesn't it? Little bits. Oh my God, that bad <laughs> Rick and Morty joke just descended to the next level. <laughs> Could I get a glass of the fudgy water? What are your thoughts? Uh, we have uh, Pot Rocky in here. We have May the Poet. We have Simone Love. We have Faze Washington and Just Me Love Pink. Uh, what What are your thoughts about the the articles that we've brought up? Um, the fact that That's right. uh, Rumsfeld is, is, is dead, ding dong, the witch is dead. Um, the kind of things that we've been talking about uh, of his life and how those, have, those dots have been connecting. And... Um, you know, now we're talking about poop water because, you know, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> because, you know. Because, uh, yeah, apparently people can just bottle up poop water and sell it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that we brought up, if, if you're if you're late to the show, is from the beginning of the show we were talking about uh, what does 4th of July mean to you? Um, because to me, it's kind of the dialogue of the 4th of July has been changing. And I think that's really going to come to light uh, with the 4th of July. Uh, because the, the, uh, just to reiterate, a couple times I've said, you know, have a happy 4th or something. And it wasn't received the way that it normally has been. And it also made me feel a different way saying it, too. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's something that I've discovered in myself, and I just kind of want to—I wanted to put that dialogue back out there as well to anybody new coming into the show, um, just to kind of recap the week because this is the weekly review. Now, Bear, and also, are, are you trying—are you trying to say it made you feel a certain kind of way? <laughs> it made me feel a certain kind of way. It made me feel a certain kind of way. Yeah, uh, love that thing. But also, anything that you guys uh, want to review from the week? Did you have a, a awesome moment? You want to tell a, a joke of the week? Uh, maybe a fun fact Friday, since it's Friday. What do you want to contribute to the show? We've got 30 minutes left. I want to open it up to just you guys and, and uh, talking. So let's uh, start with our first one with Power Rocky. So I think that uh, Rumsfeld's grave is going to be one of the uh, wettest in the history of mankind because I know a tremendous amount of people that are ready to walk up and piss on that sucker when they put him in the ground. <laughs> it just reminds me, of, did, the, did you see the FX special um, of Christmas Carol with, uh, oh God, what was his name? He did really well as Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, but anyway, did you see the FX special of of it, it came out uh, two years ago? I think. I don't think I did. Okay, watch that. 
because it's fantastic. It does a whole different spin on A Christmas Carol that I thought did amazingly. The cinematography is amazing. The color grading is amazing. Like, it's just, it's a different feel. It's very gritty. It's very dark and, like, um, kind of shows Ebenezer even in a worse light. So you kind of have, there, I will say, there's some triggers, if, especially for sexual uh, abuse. Okay. Um, but they do, like, oh man, they make him so fucking despicable. But uh, I thought it was really well done. I thought that the, the dialogue that they did, especially with the ghosts of Chris, because they open up more with the ghosts and more with Jacob mm-hmm. Marley. Um, yeah. The whole movie starts, or the, yeah, the whole show starts with someone pissing on Jacob Marley's grave and it dribbles down to his body and he wakes up getting pissed, pissed on and he's pissed off because he can't sleep. <laughs> Wait, he's pissed off because he's pissed on? He's pissed off because he's pissed on because he can't sleep now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's good. I love that. I would watch that. Yeah. It's a good, I would recommend gonna, that one. Definitely going to have yeah. to check that out. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Another thing. Uh, Big Bear's giving you a, a good uh, good thing to watch there. It's uh, Guy Pierce plays uh, Ebenezer Guy Scrooge, Pierce. and he is fantastic. It is very dark. Yeah, and they, like they paint Guy Pierce in a, uh, like, they paint, he paints Ebenezer Scrooge in a very um, autistic way, almost, like, on the spectrum, you know what I mean? Where, oh, wow. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that he, like, but they also, like, show his past that he was very abused, too. So, I mean, it, it just, it shows the whole human spectrum of Ebenezer Scrooge. And why he had to run from that. Like, it, it, he does some... You talk about shadow work, dude. That's what that entire book is about. You're facing right. your entire shadow work in one night. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And for anybody listening, you know, think ahead. Because, uh, yeah, that movie messes with me. That book. That, that book? Yeah. You know, I never officially read the book. I feel like I should now, but I, I've never been a reader. I really haven't. Um, and I think it's because sometimes when I read, like, it just makes me tired. And I don't want to be tired. I want to be excited about a right. story. But when yeah. I go to a movie, like, that's, I'm immersed in that world. I literally, there's some people that are like, oh, I hated that movie. I'd be like, why? It was a movie. Like you gave yeah. took you out of your life for like two hours. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody I agree. Tell their I, story. I like a good escape. Yeah. I love I, I I look at a movie as a an alternate reality for a temporary amount of time. Yeah. Definitely. Uh you can even go as far as to say that like that movie was just is an alternate reality that we're just being yeah. shown or that was shown to whoever wrote that story because they just saw it and were like, Oh my God, that's so cool. I definitely have to like write about that. Right. You know, that's multidimensional and theory and all that stuff. We're not going to get into that. That's a different show. Definitely. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. That could be a deep Uh, rabbit hole, right? Let's see if, um, let's see if this, I'm going to approve this dude. DJ Deacon. You know what? 
let's take a message and then if DJ Deacon wants to pop on and talk about what we are uh, talking about contributing, I will. Uh, I'll try it again. Hey, and another thing, what was your uh, take on Nancy Pelosi uh, naming uh, Republican to the committee? Isn't that wonderful? But good old Kevin McCarthy is uh, once again uh, pounding against uh, this committee, calling it a joke. Uh, it just shows you really how broken uh, our houses are. It's just, it's, it's, you know, I thought it was a, a, a ambitious thing to be bipartisan, but they don't want that at all. I couldn't agree more, Pa Rocky. Um, yeah, you're preaching to the choir here. Um, I look at Pelosi as a great Republican, um, as I do Obama. Right? Obama actually mentioned in an interview, I think it was Ted, you know, some interview after he was out of office. You know, in hindsight, my policies would have really been considered moderate Republican, and it's true. Um, you know, he's the drone bomber in chief. He actually ran out of bombs at one point. He chose to not bail out homeowners and instead in 2008 gave that money to the banks that caused the problem, in turn kicking 5 million people out of their homes. For the first time in American history, children were living with their parents. Children had a worse outlook for their future than their parents, than the previous generation. First time in American history. Thanks, Barack. So Pelosi is of that same school. She's a neocon. She will fake it being a progressive, but what has she actually been? She's been a roadblock for the health, for the force the vote to get us all health care. She's been a roadblock for that. And AOC and the quote unquote progressive squad has actually joined her in that roadblock. And in, as opposed to bringing it to a vote, forcing Pelosi to say, yeah, I'm not going to vote for the people. They just won't even go there. So, Pa Rocky, I, I can't agree more with you. Sorry, that was a long, drawn-out way of me saying, yeah, our, our system is broken. Oh, no, I thought that was great a great way of you saying, yeah, our system is broken, because you brought up examples of your reasoning. Yeah, it's just so dis disappointing. From somebody. Give me yeah. something to think about. Give me something to digest. Give me something to like really understand why you think that that like the Democratic Party is broken or the Republican Party is broken, and that's the problem. They're all broken. <laughs> like, this They're all broken. Doesn't work, you know. And it's always going to be these two-party systems, and they're only going to fight for each other, or each, you know, they're only going to fight for themselves, their party. And it's always going to be this like. Oh, let's get the Democrats in. Oh, then we're gonna we have to get the Republicans in. Oh, then we have to stack the Democrats and this and that and the, let's gerrymander and rig all these these imaginary lines. Imaginary. You realize everybody is playing pretend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just that's it. accept the fact that somebody that puts on a blue uniform and wears a badge is somebody to be an authoritative figure. Yeah. Now they back yeah. that up with years of study and like to have, you know, the mental like you hope to have the mental capacity to deal with that, uh, and to have that honor system. But we all just pretend that these white and yellow lines are something to keep us on the road. But I mean, they're made to keep us safe, right? There's reasons for these rules, but yet we are all playing pretend. Yeah. We're all playing yeah. pretend that these, these people that sit on those chairs get to make the rules for our pretend world. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, y'all fired. Smoke is what I'd smoke say. screen after smoke screen. You're all fired. Every single one of them. Y'all fired. <laughs> you know, I'd like to go a step further and and say, you know, term limits. How about eight year term limit for Congress? Can't make a career out of it. Why do they need eight? Or just because well, there you go. the president gets? There you go. Four. You get to serve your country for four years, and then you bounce. And you can't become a lobbyist. Four years is enough to do something. Totally. If it's not, you're not trying, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. We need to rewrite certain laws, guys. And um, it, the dialogue's not going to start until it starts. It's not so working. True. We've like it's. I was explaining this to my son the other day because uh, he he had asked something, and I was just like, you know what, hon? Just things aren't working. And twenty twenty exposed all of that. They really did. It, it exposed. It really did. I mean, it exposed so much on how things aren't working. The fact that on we so many levels um, don't on on our healthcare. On our food system, on our like, on our emergency response system, on the fact that like, hey, guess what? If everything fails and then there's no groceries because farmers can't get their their crop to the grocery stores, and we all live in these like suburban or concrete jungles. Like that's why my like I, I think that's what it was. I was explaining to him why we've started growing food and why mm-hmm. I, I've chosen to do that. You know, um, awesome. And it oh yeah, like I I'm twenty twenty exposed a lot for me. So I'm trying to change my lifestyle. And I'll tell you what, in the, in doing so, um, last year, I'll give you an example. Last year, April, um, it was the beginning of COVID. I woke up in the morning uh, with chest pain. Like I could, I, and I didn't know what it, 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 my arm didn't hurt. So it didn't feel like a heart attack, but my chest hurt so bad. It felt like there was a giant air bubble in there. Um, and I struggled with it by myself for an hour before I even told my wife about it because I figured, well, maybe I just woke up you know, feeling like weird, it'll go away, I'll eventually burp it out or something. Um, I tried rationalizing everything instead of just going with what I felt. And eventually I told my wife and she said, you know, do you want to go to uh, an urgent care? And she, and I was like, they'll just tell me to go to the the hospital. It's chest pain. Like I even Mm -hmm. knew, I knew because I worked in the healthcare system. Anything with chest pain, you immediately go to the hospital. Not only do you immediately yep. go to the hospital, but as soon as you get to the emergency room, they immediately bring you back. That's EKG, you yep. Play with. Yep. You get an EKG, you get a blood test, you get everything to make sure that that's not a heart attack and they need to catch it fast or a stroke. Mm-hmm. No and joke. And I was diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Ooh. Which means that the signals from my brain sometimes don't—they uh, don't talk well with the heart. <laughs> so mm-hmm. sometimes the top part of my heart beats at a different rate than the bottom part of my heart, which means that my heart's getting stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was going through a heart attack. 
that's a heart attack. It's not the yeah. heart attack, but it is a heart attack. Sure. And, Absolutely. Uh, I had to spend the night in the hospital. Um, they, I, I was laying down. That's what would hurt. I was laying down, and my heart rate was at 170 beats per minute. What? 170. Wow. That's I insane. Weighed, I weighed 350 pounds. Wow. I was overweight. I was eating unhealthy. Um, you know, I was in a job that was stressful as fuck for me. Mm-hmm. Because no, I felt like nobody listened to me. And before that, I was in a job that treated me like I was a mistake at hiring, that I was a waste of money. Mm. Um, and 2020 happened. And like I, I now take heart medication every day. Um, since then, I've lost that job, actually. But I'm happier. That I'm not right. in that stress. Yeah. Um, and I've lost 43 pounds since That's last year. Awesome. Of 20. That is awesome, buddy. Congrats, man. Congrats. So, I mean, I'm trying to change my lifestyle. I encourage other people to try and change change their lifestyle. Uh, and and wake up to these things, but um, you know if if that story does anything for you, hopefully it will. I just felt like I needed to share that at that moment. So yeah, much appreciated. That, yeah, it was a powerful story. Listen to thy gut, right? To the to the inner voice. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like that's one of the lessons I'm really learning is that I need to listen to my own intuition and how I. Feel. Oh yeah about things and how things make me feel because I didn't have any boundaries that's another thing is setting up boundaries with my job I would do anything for them Mm -hmm. one because I cared about the students two because I wanted to get somewhere I felt like if that was the time that was the suffering that I needed to put in uh, for my time so that I could like get a reward later right right I did that mm-hmm. to myself. Right. Because I accepted it. So, um, and then at the other job, you know, I wanted to, I was the new guy. I was mm-hmm. just new into the business. I was the, you know, the assistant. So yeah, you're told to like, do give your all, go in mm-hmm. early, stay late so that, you know, you eventually are found valuable as an employee so that they pay you lots of money. But I was only making like 30 grand a year, 32 grand a year. The next, I got a two grand raise the next year. And then the wow. third year, instead of giving me a raise, they fired me. Wow. And just to break that down for people, you could basically take an hourly wage and double that. And that's your yearly salary. Or you take your yearly salary, divide that by in half. And that's your hourly rate. Right. So 30 grand a year, that's 15 bucks an hour. And that's what I was surviving on because I was, well, I was half the income. Right. My wife and yeah. I make less than $60,000 a year. That's together. Mm-hmm. And we support two kids. I don't mean to like spill all of my shit, but I'm just saying. Yeah. No, that's real. 
Like that's you that's, know, our, that's my reality. But then again, I live in a great neighborhood. I live. My kids go to an amazing school. I mm-hmm. have so much fucking white privilege. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The average the average income in the country, I think, is like somewhere between thirty and thirty four thousand a year. Average, right? Um, and so that includes Silicon yeah. Valley, San Francisco, L.A., and Manhattan, right? Um, so we really need to change the conversation from a minimum wage to a living wage, right? And yeah, isn't that what they're starting to do? Isn't that like they're really trying to change how we talk about things? Like, and that's what I've learned is that a lot of stuff that America has done or or is a pivot, but they just call it something different. It's always mm-hmm. a pivot. It's the same fucking thing. But they always call it something different, right? Right. Yeah. So let's use that same let's use that same concept. Let's let's change our wording, right? The same thing happened for uh, marijuana. They don't call mm-hmm. it marijuana anymore. They don't call it weed anymore. They call it cannabis. It's cannabis. They realized right. that they they needed to change the mentality by changing the wording. Mm-hmm. They don't call it a roach anymore. They call it a pre roll. Right, right. A, a joint, right? Yeah. They call exactly. They, they change the wording. They change the mentality. They make it more of a medicine because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a medicine. So let's right. do that same mentality and let's do it against the system for the you know for the betterment of our shit. Absolutely. Like um, you, you're same, kind of um. I'm sorry. Let me finish this one thought, and then I'll I I will let you interject. I for sure, David. for sure. No worries, no worries. Uh, I I heard this TikTok or something. I recently heard this message of people need to change the mentality when if you want to weigh less, if you want to get healthier in that way, you want to weigh less. Um. You need to not say, I want to lose weight. I don't, you know, losing weight is a terrible thing. You know why losing weight is a terrible thing, Dave? It's a sign of death. Uh, right? No, it's a sign of, I, I lost something and I have to go find it. Ooh, there you go. So it, it's how we're talking to ourselves. Right, right. It's how we talk to ourselves. I got it. We want to find things that we've lost. So if you want, you don't want to lose weight. You want to shed weight. Mm -hmm. Because shedding, right? I mean, or you can use molting. However, you want to use. Like, you want to, you want to weigh less. Sure. Right. You want to be less fat. You want to be more muscle. It's about changing the mentality of what you're saying to yourself. Right. Right. And and that goes with the with the term diet, right? Every time somebody tells me I'm on, oh I'm going on a diet, I think mm-hmm. short term, not healthy. You're going to do something for two weeks and then you're going to revert back to normal. So instead of this diet mentality, how about I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat healthy. It's a lifestyle. You don't yeah. you don't change something for a month and then you're better. No, you exercise more. Period. You eat better all the time, um, and you know 
if if it's if you can only cut out one thing or or you know if it's if it's hard to cut out something that's negative then add something positive add more salad you know what i did personally i i took my dog on a walk this morning there you go I, I that's awesome went on a walk and i didn't let weather stop me right like rain right. yeah but like if it, if it was snowing outside if it was cold outside i didn't let that stop me um mm-hmm. i did that for an entire year and then when um when it, the thing everything's warmed up and it dried out, my buddy and I started going disc golfing, which is basically hiking or in the woods, and you're yeah. constantly bending down and standing up and uh, you know twisting and turning and throwing uh, and stretching. So and that's a repetitive motion, and then you're walking and you're hiking, and sometimes you're going uphill and sometimes you're going downhill. So I just literally added leisure to my life. Right. Yeah, frisbee golf is basically hiking with a joint and a frisbee, right? <laughs> exactly. So, and and a tall boy. I mean, bring a tall boy too. Hey, Why not? Hey, right. Be Can't safe. hurt. That's right. But um, you go out walking. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I've done. And start drinking more water. And mm. I've lost forty three pounds. In that's like, so awesome. In like less than six months, basically. That is so awesome, Bear. Congratulations, man. Thanks, dude. I, I'm proud of it. And I hope that like hopefully yeah. that, that helps somebody and gives you a good idea uh, about totally. how, how to get yourself healthier. Yeah. You know, my personal story is, is, you know, a little bit less impressive, but similar. I mean, I went down, what, uh, three pant sizes? Like I was up to a size 36, which is the largest I've ever worn. And, um, you know, I have back issues, so it was starting to affect that. And I just, like you said, I made a decision to drink more water, to start walking, to, to eat better. Um, I put on a pair of 34s now, and then without a belt, they'll fall off of me. Wow. That's awesome. So I can't believe it. I think I'm down to 32, which is which is my where I should be, right? Like, where you, should you know, if, yeah, a doctor, exactly. if a doctor was to tell not, me, you know. It's not about, yeah, it's not about lose all the fat, dude. It's about, it, it's about where you should be. It's like how you should be healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, about, it's about being a healthy life. It's not about like, oh, I need to look the best so I can, like, attract people. And right. no, you need to be happy with yourself. That's That's what it's about. You were real, healthy. and that's and that's what I've been like learning. It's kind of like this heart thing is like quality of life. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And what else is there really, right? Nothing. Yeah, is, everything is uh, secondary, tertiary. Upset? Are there things that I'm upset about? You know, yeah, I'd like to work. I'd like to, you know, make money doing my passion, but. Uh, I'm so grateful for so many other things. You know, that thing Damn straight, buddy. Yeah. You keep that attitude and it will for sure, right? You know, there's a, a TikTok that I follow that she's, uh, she's challenged everybody, all of her followers. Um, and uh, I really like the way that she thinks. She said, every, every day of July, you're going to be grateful. You're not going to be pissed off or upset about a goddamn thing. 
Awesome. Just because you're going to choose to find like the grateful things in your life. So I'm trying it. Mm-hmm. Why not? Fuck it. What can it hurt? Nothing. Yeah. And it might, you know, it might um, unleash a kind of a watershed revelation moment. Who knows? Yeah. So let's uh, let's listen to our callers here. We, we got Parak. We got some sorry, we've been waffling. I've been waffling. You know, I'm sorry. I've been going. <laughs> and another thing, you hit it. Nope. Oh. And another thing, you hit it right on the, the nail right on the head, man. I've always believed in term limits. If you want to be a career politician, you start at the state level or your local level. Work in your town. And then once you've reached your limit there, move to the state. If you want to be the governor, go for the governor. But if you want to move on to federal, then be a congressman, serve your limit. Be a senator, serve your limit. Be a president or vice president or whatever it is. But you should have a limit in the house of which you are elected. That way, uh, you don't know that you're going to move on and you'll want to uh, work with people for the people to leave a legacy and if you don't have a career a lifetime to do that i was really sad and i always liked ted kennedy but when he passed and they listed his accomplishments for the entire time that he had been in in office it was really quite small and that that well yeah upsetting. i couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and so sad that his list of accomplishments was so small because we held him up as the poster boy of like, here's our guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't idolize yeah. your heroes. They're never the fucking nope. people you think they are. Nope. And don't ever idolize a politician because they're all shifty. Well, and let's see how they got, like, how they got you there. And I've been talking about who uh, um, Biden, right? Hunter Biden was talking about fucking doing smack or whatever. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, he was bragging about smoking crack with Mayor Bray, uh, the mayor of Washington D.C. <laughs> and and the reason we bring this back up is the fact that like people are so well, he's never going to work in politics or like you know that. Oh my God, how dare the who the fuck cares? Who the hell yeah. hasn't done something shifty in their past? Right. Or, you know, experimented right. in their past. Who the fuck cares? I can't wait till we start stacking people with fucking tattoos in Congress. Right. Won't that be neat? Yeah. So, like, exactly. Oh, start stacking com- people that change their hair color and their makeup daily because that's yeah. who they are. Because that's who they represent. Not this like, right. imaginary suit. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly, it and, and who, just because that's the way they're supposed to look, and that's the way it is. Don't fuck yourself. Right. That's not the way and it who, is. It doesn't work yeah. anymore. Doesn't. And who do they represent? They represent another suit. Yeah. So they don't represent the people. Yeah. All you're doing is filling in the suit. You're just another body. You're just yeah. keep you keep repeating the same shit, guys. Doesn't work anymore. That's true. That's true. Sorry, I'm on my soapbox today. I'm feeling my feet. Bro, you're about to get smacked, bro. Hey, what's up, Scott? You're going to get smacked in your motherfucking face, Scott. You feel me, Scott? I don't know Scott's going to get smacked like a motherfucker. You feel me, Scott? You feel me? Scott? I don't know who Scott is, but I feel bad for him. That's what I feel. Yeah, sounds like he's going to get a little spanking. 
Yeah. Oh, he's been a naughty Scott. As oh, Dr. Dr. Cat would say, diet is the word die with a T added to it. Have a good there weekend. Go. I like you that. Have a good weekend too, May. Have a great weekend, May. And fill that water bottle. Yeah. The, reuse, the reusable Actually, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have them. I've got, uh, I have these tin ones, man. They're, they're great. They keep my shit cold. They keep my hot stuff hot. It's, you know, it's a thermos. I mean, we're just rebranding thermoses. That's all I said. They, they shift, they pivot. They just rename yep. the same shit. It's true. It's true. But hey, on a positive note there, I got something positive uh-huh. here for us. Dude. Mm-hmm. Can you believe this? Empty storefronts, empty storefronts in New York are transformed into free art exhibits. How cool is that? Okay, that's you're gonna have to explain what that exactly means because I might want to go there. I've never wanted to go to New York before, but I might now want to go. All right. So this is from the week, theweek.com. Empty storefronts in New York are transformed into free art exhibits by Catherine Garcia. Catherine Garcia. Barbara Anderson found a way to showcase New York City artists while also preventing blight. A middle school teacher, Anderson lives in Manhattan's Upper West Side District. She told the Christian Science Monitor that stores in her neighborhood shutting down because of the pandemic was disheartening. Every day, seeing more and more empty storefronts, it was kind of just like, well, what do I tell my students? Anderson said, I, if you see a problem, you can sit and complain, or you can try to do something about it. Last June, she launched an initiative called Art on the Avenue, which turns empty storefronts into art exhibits. The first show was called Healing and featured 55 works of art by 41 artists across 12 storefronts in the Upper West Side. In order to participate, the artists had to be based in New York, and their pieces could not be priced above $5,000. That's pretty cool. People walking by could scan a a QR code in the window, and then they could buy the the artwork. That's so amazing. Isn't that cool? Very cool. That's what we, I mean, I always said that, um, like, because they said that the... It's like every 20s, right? I think it was what, what it was said. Like that uh, our world, our human race goes every like 1920s, 1820s, like all that stuff. Uh, wasn't like the bubonic plague one of those? or And then right after that was the Renaissance. So I always said after 2020, like after this was going to just be the, the new Renaissance. Was going to be a celebration of art and music and, you know, kind of like... I don't mean to sound like a hippie, like, but peace and love. Because, like, mm-hmm. dude, I think people... I'm tired of being in my house. I miss like everybody is. so bad. The first time I saw live music, I, like, I'm not usually the one to run out and dance. Like, I don't care. Because I would always get in my head about stuff. But I just... I, We're dancing. I saw that band. I was dancing. Because I would. I didn't care, man. I was just happy That's awesome. to be there. I was just happy mm-hmm. to experience it. Yeah. Damn straight. Damn tootin'. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So Damn that's awesome. Uh, this, uh, this art 
this art, uh, you could buy art in New York and move this entire block. That's so cool. Yeah, that I is think so that's cool. a great idea. That's an amazing way to uh, end the show. Um, Dave, thank you so much again for joining me, Big Bear Radio, with a re- weekly review, and uh, uh, which we do really every Friday. It. Friday from uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time at Chicago time, and which would be 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so that's every Friday. And I've already said two time zones, so if that's not yours, I'm sorry. Go ahead and do the math. <laughs> that's right. It would be 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 11 o'clock on the right coast, 8 o'clock on the left coast. No worries. Everybody have a wonderful weekend, Bear. It was great talking with you. Enjoyed your show once again, of course. Uh, Look forward to the next one, brother. Yeah, I'll catch you next Friday. Have a good weekend. Absolutely. Happy Fourth of July weekend to you, whatever that means to you. Take care. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode and another thing with Dave. Please follow, subscribe, and share. I'm on all social media and another thing with Dave. And keep seeking the truth.